excited about what God is doing. Appreciate this worship team, these children. Praise God for all of these leaders here. We thank you so much. Um, you know, for me, some, some of you are just, you're getting gifts and different things like that this year for Christmas. And, but I want to say this, God has given me one of the greatest things. He gives me one of the greatest gifts. He gave me a new family this year. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate y'all so much. Love y'all. I want to speak to you this morning on the greatest gift. As I thought about the Lord, as I thought about Christmas this year, I began to search and begin to go back on the scriptures and begin to look at things. You know, Jesus really is the greatest gift. And a lot of times we, we look at Jesus and we, we picture Jesus um, as the Son of God coming to earth. But we really don't understand the price that he paid to do what he did. God had a plan from the very beginning. And see, God always, see, you never can, you never can get, catch God off guard. Because God always, God always has a better plan then the enemy has attacks. Amen? If you got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Genesis, the first chapter, in the 26th verse. I'm going to read there, start reading there, and uh, you say, how's this going to be a Christmas story? Well, you'll see. Genesis 1, 26. When you get 55, you have to put on accessories. <laughs> it says, Then God said, Let us make men in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I mean, you know, there's some creepy things on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In his image, God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. In other words, bring it under your authority. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let me just tell you this. God is not a God that takes back. 
Once he gives you something, he gives it to you, and God would not, being a spirit, would not take dominion back over the earth that he gave to man. The only way that he could take dominion and win dominion back for man was to bring Jesus Christ in the form of man. It says in Genesis 2 and verse 15, Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden. He made the garden for him to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. How many of you know if God says something, he means it? He told Adam, he said, you can eat of every tree freely, but you can't eat of that tree. Because the day that you do, you're going to die. And a lot of us, we don't understand death. We think it, when God talks of death, a lot of times is a physical thing. Not necessarily. Death, spiritually, is to be separated from God. He promised Adam that if you eat of this fruit, you're going to be separated from me. Death is going to come upon you. It's a surely thing. Things are going to happen. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to continue on. Now, God's plan was for us to be able to continually live with him forever. That's the reason even today we are a triune being. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. God saves you. That's the reason you see some people that ain't acting just right all the time. God saved their spirit. Their body has to be sanctified. We have to bring our body under subjection. So God tells, puts him in the midst of the garden and tells him, not to eat of it. Then you know the story how God put Adam to sleep. He seen that he, uh, he was, wasn't good that man be alone. So he put him to sleep and he made Eve, fashioned Eve out of his rib. Adam woke up and looked, said, whoa, man. <laughs> and there's Eve. But Eve was going through the garden one day, and it said, listen to this. It says in the third chapter, in the first verse, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. God didn't ever say nothing about touching. He said, you can't eat it. See, and this is where the enemy will come in sometimes because he thinks just because he got you to touch it that he can get you to eat it. But here's this woman, she's there, and, and then he, the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. 
says, For God knows that in the day that you eat, it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See the deception here? The enemy never shows us the bad. He always shows us the good. It wasn't the good that drawn evil that drew Eve away. It was the bad. Uh, it was the good. It wasn't the bad. It was the good that drew her away and caused her to fall into this place. But look in 14, it says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And here it is. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. See, how many of you know that uh, a lot of women are scared of snakes? <laughs> Don't matter what kind they are. Snake is a snake. The guy told me one time, he said, I'm only scared of three kinds of snakes. He said, a live one, a dead one, and a stick that looks like one. <laughs> but from then on, there's been enmity between the snake and woman. Now, during this time, Satan thought that he could deceive woman and he would cause humanity to fail and fix them in a way that they couldn't have communication the way that God intended for them to have. God had given man dominion over the earth. So God was not going to come being spirit and change everything up and change the rules. In the midst of it, because he had already given man the ability to have dominion over all the earth. Now man had lost dominion. But the enemy didn't think that God would create woman, that when he created her, he would fix her in such a way and design her in such a way that when she carried a child, that the child's blood would never mix with the mother. Never happens. So God knew that when he brought Jesus, when he overshadowed Mary and he put Jesus in her, he knew that he had pure blood. He could bring a child forth into the world, wrap him in flesh, but never have human blood. See, he was man in the flesh in that he was Jesus, he was wrapped in flesh, but he never had the blood like you and me just have. He had a blood that was from his father, Father God, that was designed especially for him. That, was, that could only that blood take away the sin of the world. And I want you to see this because when I've seen this, and God began to show this and open this to me because God wrapped himself in flesh. 
you got to understand something. Jesus changed the way he looked from before when he was with God. He's always been with God. He proceeded forth from God. But now he comes in the flesh and wraps himself in flesh. He takes on the identity of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in the flesh. And because of that, he can never return. Jesus can never return to the former state of just being spirit. Now, while he has come and bore our sins... And went to Calvary because he knew that the only way that he could get dominion back for man was to be wrapped in flesh and become man. He was very much God. He was very much man. And he wrapped himself in that, came and took back through the power of the Spirit dominion for man. Do you understand this? He took stripes upon his back, nails in his hands and his feet, and he forever bears the scars that were meant for you and me. The greatest gift that we could ever receive is Jesus Christ. He wrapped himself, listen, how many of you know that God doesn't just give us love, that God is love? He is the very essence of love. He is love. He placed Jesus here to walk with. Jesus walked a perfect, sinless life. Never to be, never to be like he was before with the Father again. I want you to think about this. Jesus was spirit with God. God put himself in the flesh. To forever bear our scars. So that me and you. Could live a life of victory. He took back. What Adam lost. You listen to me. Everything. That Adam had lost. Because of the fall. First thing that Adam said. When the Lord called out for him. He said, Lord, I hear from you. We was, we was naked. You know, he said, well, what happened? Well, you know, that, that woman you gave me fed me this fruit. <laughs> Men been blaming their wives for things for years. <laughs> you see, I can just hear Adam now telling Eve not to, you know, he probably knew how she was. And everything, and instead of God just told them not to eat of the fruit, but Adam said, Look, don't even touch it. And Eve, when she seen the serpent, she said, We're not supposed to even, we're not supposed to eat of it nor touch it. We're not even supposed to touch it. 
had, didn't have anything to do with the touch. It had everything to do with the consumption. It had everything to do with the disobedience. You see, obedience is better than sacrifice. We need to be obedient to the Word of God. But Jesus came, and when Mary saw the angel Gabriel appear to her, she said, how can this be? He said, you're going to conceive a child. She said, how can this be that, I've, that I've, not even, I've not even known a man? And he said, with man, it is impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want you to hear that. With man, it's impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. So that gave me an understanding of knowing something that when we pray, it's impossible for God to do nothing. When you start talking to the Lord and you start praying to Him, it's impossible for Him to do nothing. Because He's already took, He's already put, He's done everything that He, that he needs to do for us to come in alignment with what he has for us to give us dominion over the earth. Man had lost dominion over the earth. Man had lost the, the ability to, to walk in the presence of God. Once a year they got to go into the Holy of Holies and they got to roll their sins over to the next year. But now we come boldly before the throne of grace because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and wrapped himself in love and poured out his Spirit upon us that we could not just have a little touch of God every now and then, but we can experience Him every day. We take that for granted so much, so many times, because we really don't understand the gift that was paid, the price that was paid for our lives. For God so loved the world. I want you to see that. It give me a whole different understanding because I know we think of we, we know we believe in Jesus and all that but I want, I want you to understand something I want you to understand trying to think of your son that come and placed himself in flesh And a people that despised him, rejected him, nailed him to a cross. And all of their sin that they had ever committed and ever would commit was placed on him. In such a way that his father had to turn, couldn't even look at him. He couldn't bear to see the sin that was on his son because the price that had to be paid because of the sin that come from, from Adam and Eve, there had to be a price paid. There had to be death. Not just the first death, 
but the second death. The first death is the death in the flesh. But the second death is the death of being separated from God. But here's the thing that the devil never counted on. He never counted on sin coming upon man, but not being able to dwell in that man. You got to see this. Because when Jesus died, he died with my sin, and he died with your sin. And I want you to see, I want you to understand this because when Jesus died, he went to hell. But hell could not hold him because sin was on him. It wasn't in him. And when he went to hell, he just dropped all sin. He dropped it right there and said, you have no dominion over me. And he won back dominion for humanity. And no longer do we have to carry sin around in our lives. But we have a Savior that took away our sin. He took away our reproach. That blood, that precious blood takes my sin. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed my iniquities from me. And you, he is the greatest gift of all. I want to encourage you this morning, know him. Know him. Get to know him. When he rose up out of the grave, I want you to to understand, Jesus never, never said anything about him having his authority until he come up out of the grave. When he came out of the grave, he said, all Power and authority has been given unto me, not just in heaven, but on earth. Because he came in humanity, he now took back the dominion that we lost and gave us the ability to access his presence every day every day and we have the ability to know him one thing that we'll know and recognize when we stand before Jesus we'll recognize the the scars that should have been ours We'll recognize the scars that paid for our healing.
paid for our deliverance and give us the ability to come to know him as Lord of Lord. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. One of the greatest things that God has given us the ability to do is to become. To become the sons of God. One of the greatest gifts that you can treat yourself to this year is knowing Jesus as Lord and sharing Him with your family. You know, I'm all about Christmas time. I'm all about the gifts and presents, and I think we ought to do that, and and I think we ought to share the love with one another and our families. Folks, we've made this way too commercialized. It's got way out of hand. We need to get back to the real reason of the season. The greatest day was when Jesus came and there arose hope for the people of God once again. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to give you opportunity this morning to share communion. I want you to take a part of this, but before we do, I want you to examine. Examine your hearts. And I want to invite you to receive the greatest gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not a baby in a manger. He's a king on a throne. And we worship him and praise him today. Amen. We're going to have them stand up here. One with the juice and one with the bread on this side and one juice and bread on this side. And y'all can come from this side and get your juice and go back to your seat or just stay right here. And just for those of you who can't come up here, you just stay seated and they will serve you after everybody's been after everybody's king. Just start coming around here.
morning. I'm going to pray over the bread. If you would go to God with me. Father, we are honored by your presence. We are honored by your mercy. We are honored by your Holy Spirit. And for the gift of Jesus Christ. We now bless this bread, O oh God, that is representative of your body. This body that was broken. This body, O oh God, that bore the sin of this world, God, for us. We give you such glory and honor and we bless it, God. That as we prepare to receive it, God, that you may just uh, let it beat our bodies, God. Help, strength, and all that you died for. And all that it represents, oh Father. We thank you and we bless you, oh God. That right now you are restoring so many, God, that you are restoring. And we give you the glory. We bless it and we thank, sanctify it. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Eat together. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. Let's lift up our cups. Lord, we thank you. You are perfect in all of your ways. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood that was shed for us. Lord, the blood that forgive us of our sins. Delivered us, Lord God. And give us dominion, Lord Jesus. And Father, I praise you right now, Lord Jesus. I praise you right now, Lord God, for that blood being applied to our lives, Lord God. And we can walk worthy, Lord God, and walk into the Holy of the Holies, Lord God, and be in your presence. We thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for your blood that washes away. It doesn't just cover, it washes away our sin. And we thank you, we praise you for it. Amen. Let's partake together. Amen. Somebody give the Lord praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want to ask, is there anyone here who wants special prayer for anything? If you do, I want to, we want to pray with you. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you want to come to the Lord, I want you to give you this time an opportunity to come. Hallelujah. We serve a great God. Amen. Amen. So good to see Sister Joy.